beautiful morning we've had. Amen. What a beautiful day we've had. The presence of the Lord. Well, I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, all of you that are wearing your masks, thank you for that uh, as we continue to you know, social distance and uh, make it so we can gather and worship the Lord in, in a safe and uh, way that we're secure in his presence. Amen? I wanted to uh, talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in the earth this morning that you are overcoming in, and I wanted to put it to words, <clears throat> to put it to words um, that there's clarity about what's going on in the spirit and in the natural, because you're called to be overcomers all of the days of your life. You're called to rise up upon the mountains and have the authority of kings and priests. You're called to speak to the mountains. You're called to speak to the principalities and the powers of the air and that there is change. But sometimes we uh, get distracted and uh, there are critical spirits that are being released in the earth uh, in the day that we're in. And they want to get you to become critical of everything. Critical of the Word of God, critical of your family, critical of our nation, critical of the governments, critical of everything and to be one that pointing the finger, and that's not your destiny. That's not who God has created you to be, to sit back and be critical of things. He has called you to speak his word. He has called you to understand that there is a difference between what is and what ought to be, and to speak his word out in the authority and the power of his name until what is, is. Amen? The devil wants you to compromise your faith. We've heard that this morning. He wants to come and kill and steal and destroy. And Debbie said that he wanted to take the very voice that was going to prevent her from releasing the Word of God, of healing. He wants you to compromise and he wants you to quit. He wants you to start, uh, admit that the spiritual things that you've been going after really don't work. He wants you to have focus and compromise your growth that there's no way out, and that the work that you've done thus far has been a failure and hasn't produced anything that you of any value. The devil wants you to turn against your future. He wants you to turn against your church. He wants you to turn against the hopes and the dreams and quit and to give up and go back into the place of separation. But you are the body of Christ. You are the ones who are called out. You are the ones who are being anointed with the favor and the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And so there may be a critical spirit being released in the earth. You can turn on the news or you can turn on the reports. Wherever it is, it's critical of something. It's no longer news. It's information with an agenda to convince you of something else other than the truth. And the critical spirits, if you don't understand how they're working, pretty soon you yourself become critical. And you say, well, I'm not going to church today. 
I'm going to go do something else. And you start giving up the spiritual things that have been ingrained into you of who you are. Folks, you're on the threshold. You're on the verge. You're on the verge of the beginnings of the future. Your destiny. Amen? Many of you know what it is to fight severe depression. Hopelessness. Emotional and physical pain. I can remember times in my life where I was in a hospital room. Debbie was talking about her testimony a little bit earlier. And I can remember many times being in a hospital room in such pain that I was hoping that I would go to sleep and not wake up. That I was hoping that this condition that I am in, where I see no way out, no reasonable path forward, no, nothing that would restore the quality of life that I once knew even a day ago, and dreading tomorrow, dreading the day after that. I remember those days. But you see, you have a destiny in Christ Jesus. And even your own desire doesn't trump His. He loves you from the moment that He assembled you in in your mother's womb, even till today. Amen? Never really finding hope for change. Seeing each day like the last one and each minute and, and the, the strength seems to be drained out of you. And, and for those of you who have experienced depression and anxiety and stress, you wake up in the morning and there just doesn't seem to be any energy to even get out of bed or even look forward to the things that are going on in the day. And maybe you've asked yourself, where is God? He's answered some of my prayers, but this doesn't represent who he is. I have woken up countless times wondering, how do I overcome the depression? How do I overcome the anxiety? How do I overcome the stress? How do I overcome the feelings of helplessness, hopelessness? And then I decide that I can't uh, sit there any longer. I got to go to work and I drag myself out of bed, right? I get up, I drive to work, and somewhere there's a transition that takes place because I have to act at work a certain way, you know? Leaders got to lead. And so you find yourself putting on the smile, but inside you're hurting and you're desperate. Inside, you're, you're feeling like you're so empty. Inside, you're feeling like you have really nothing to give, and even the things you're pursuing don't turn out, and you're failing at everything. And that critical spirit continues on and on and on. In Isaiah 55, 6, it said, Seek the Lord while he might be found and call upon his name while he is near. God is not a God that would tell you to seek him and then choose to hide himself from you. He's not like that. We, you know, we live in a very public world where critical spirits are, 
attacking other people and belittling and tearing down and seeming to have no shame in it. Ephesians 6.12, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and the authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demons and evil spirits that hold to this dark world and its bondages. Because of this, you must wear all the armor of God so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you're destined for the things that will rise victorious. You know, God will meet us right where we are. Right where we're at. And if we, if we are able to, to shut down the places of the critical spirits and the accusations and the feelings and the voices that say run, the voices that say you're not appreciated, you're not understood, I'm not going to go there anymore because they just don't understand me. Right? And they want you to, those spirits want you to give up. God will meet you right in the place that you're surrounded by those that are attacking you, accusing you, pressuring you to give up. I was in a room in the Spirit experiencing these kinds of things. And the attack on the mind and the attack on the heart is so heavy and so dramatic. And I was hearing the voices of people that were casting uh, accusations against me. And it was a very real and fearful place. And I could see the Father up on the throne in the courtroom and Jesus beside him. And all of a sudden, Jesus stood up and he came around and he came to me and he said, Sean, today there's going to be change. He said, hold on to me. And don't let go. And so I thought, well, I'll grab hold of his hand or I'll grab hold of his arm. And he didn't allow that. He turned around and his back was towards me. And he said, hold on. And the only thing that was there was his belt. On the back of his back was belt going around him. And I wondered, why the belt? I'd much rather hold his arm or his hand or something in his body that I could feel the warmth, that I could feel the tender touch. Because the belt in Ephesians 6 represents the belt of truth. And when there are things that are coming against your mind and coming against and assaulting who you are, truth comes in contrast that you would understand the real what's going on. And I grabbed hold of the back of his belt. And he says, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a journey. But don't you let go. And so as he started to walk, I could see my accusers on the right and on the left. And they were still hurling the insults at me. And the doubt and the unbelief and the insecurity and the bondages and the things that I had done wrong. The places where I wish to God I could get to do them over again because I would do them differently. And every time the fiery dart came out of the mouth of the demons... The sword of the Lord 
went between me and the fiery dart coming towards me, and I could hear the fiery dart hitting the sword and deflecting off. And there were so many of them. And I don't know how that works in the natural, but the speed of Jesus and the sword of the Spirit is incredible. And so as we started to walk, pitch black, couldn't see anything, But I knew that I was following him because I could hold on. I was holding on to the belt of truth that was leading me out of the places of darkness, insecurity, doubt, oppression, depression. And I felt the jaggedness of the ground under my feet and the insecure. And if I didn't have that stable, uh, that stable hand on on his belt. I surely would have stumbled and fell again. And pretty soon we were going up and down and over and around. And it was dark and I didn't understand why is this taking so long. And maybe you're sitting here today and thinking, I've been depressed for so long. When is my breakthrough? When is the time and the season where I get to love again and experience the warmth of the day and the sun? When is the season of time where I get to put all this behind me? For me. For me. The change was knowing that He was in front of me and that He was near. Because I haven't yet come out into the glorious fields of flowers and the wonderful places because I'm still in this world. What the change is, he's enabled me to overcome the past. He's enabled me to understand what's going on in the realm of the Spirit and take authority over it. He has called me to a higher place of warfare a higher place of understanding, a higher place of his love and his peace and his favor, knowing that the words that he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Become my experience, not just my head knowledge, that I'm able to recite the scripture and say, well, he never leaves you and never forsakes you. No, now it's my experience. I have been depressed for so long. But my God, Jesus Christ, shows himself in the midst of the trial and brings comfort and hope and healing. In Isaiah 52, it says, I will not leave you. You will not leave in a hurry running for your lives. For the Lord will go ahead of you, and the God of Israel will protect you from behind. I now understand that scripture in a way that I haven't understood in the past. I now understand that he really does say, grab hold of me and don't let go. We've got a ways to travel to get to the next place. Isaiah 58, 8 and 9. If you do these things, 
God will shed His own glorious light upon you. He will heal you. Your godliness will lead you forward. Goodness will be a shield before you. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call upon the Lord and He will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Deuteronomy 31.8 It is the Lord who goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching. Fear not. Neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved or alarmed. You see, I'm beginning to know the Lord in a way that I hadn't before. God is not a now and then God. He's not a now and then Father. He's not a, there's even a song. I think Merle Strait sings it, or country and western singer. He's not now and then. It's not based on your right or wrong decisions. It's not based on your talent or the things you've done. It's not based on the accusing spirits and the critical spirits that try to get your mind focused on other things. He loves you without end that is unconditional. Let me be clear. There is a difference So I'm not, I'm not saying he loves you even though you're sinning. I'm not saying that. It is true that God loves you as the person but hates the sin. There's a difference between loving the person and hating the sin. And in certain places of our lives, he triggers at certain times, Sean, I want you to give that up. That kind of thinking has got to go because it's sin against my word. The doubt and the unbelief and the insecurity. Stop voicing and agreeing with the accusing spirits and the critical spirits that, have, that were assigned to you by the devil. So he comes and he says, I want there to, I, I'm expecting in this season of time there to be a spiritual growth that you experience very personally. And when you're holding on to the belt of truth, the Word of God, and you start hearing the things that He wants you to do, you have a choice to make. You can either continue in the sin, continue in the uh, quagmire of the mess that you're in, or you can obey the Word of God not really knowing how to proceed, but determining in your heart, I'm going to move forward in righteousness. Because I'm holding on to the author of life. I'm holding on to the one who created the heavens and the earth. I'm holding on to the one that assembled me and knows my shortcomings and my fallings. Who knows my insecurities. I'm holding on to the one whom is truth. And so you have a decision to make. And I think that's where much of the church is in the day that we're in. We have a decision to make. 
Are you going to listen to the critical spirit and be separated and run and do something completely different than what your destiny has set you on course to achieve? Or are you going to embrace the truth, the belt of truth around his waist and obey and continue to follow him? And even when you're losing your foothold and the darkness comes and surrounds you in the darkest of nights, You speak his name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've woken up in the middle of the night and it seems like hours before I can break through and just saying his name, Jesus, Jesus. And I think that there is a breakthrough coming for the church in general. That there is a new beginning that the church is going to experience. Because with the things that are being released in the atmosphere, God said to seek me while I may be found. That you may be an individual that understands the truth of what you're hearing. The truth of of, of the situation and the circumstance that you're in. And so for a long time I'm asking, why, why, why? Why is this stuff happening? I didn't choose this. I didn't, I didn't say I'm going to wake up in the morning and, and be a, participate in a day of sin. didn't say that. But unless I take an active stand against the devil, he's free to continue the attacks. And I believe the church is being brought into a place in the day that we're in to understand the truth, to understand the Word of God, to be able to release it and to see change. You see, His love for you is not now and then. It's not based on the right or the wrong decisions. It's not even based on the talent or even the ability to overcome in the point you're in. His love for you is without end and unconditional. There is difference between sin, right, as I spoke a few minutes ago, and His love. But there's also a difference between His favor The person that is walking in sin and experiencing sin and refuses to move out of sin does not have the favor of God. You don't have His favor. You don't have the miracles and the resources of heaven. You don't have the things that are available in the heavenly realms and the spiritual places until you make a decision. That is not my God. My God. His name is Jesus. And so there's a difference between love and sin. God is able to love the sinner, and He never stops, but He hates the sin. And when we stop and obey His voice, and we start doing the things that He told us to do, favor comes. And that's where the miracle happens. That's where the signs and the wonders happen. That's where the favor and the alignment of heaven and earth become one. You hold on to the belt of truth and the shield, the helmet of salvation, the feet, the gospel, the peace, 
as Ephesians 6 declares. And you start focusing on the Lord. And heaven and earth become one. And that's where the favor of the Lord comes and starts changing the circumstances, changing the situations, changing the events that are taking place around you, changing the path of the sickness, changing the path of the pain and the insecurity and the resentment and the hard-heartedness. These things I know out of my own experience. So as I begin to close this morning, Romans 8.37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor the present, nor the things to come, nor the height, or the depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And finally, I'll end with John chapter 14, 18, 19. It says, no, I will not abandon you. This is a promise. This is a promise from Jesus. When you're walking out of the darkness and the anxiety and the stress and the depression and the oppression. When the things that are assaulting your mind, assaulting who you are. These are the words of Jesus Christ. The belt of truth. The word of God. No, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you in just a little while. I will be gone from the world, but I will still be present with you, for I will live again in and through you. That's his promise. That's his promise. And I think we're in the transition even now where fear, anxiety, depression, They're all going under his feet, as we sang about this morning. All of the principalities, all of the powers of Ephesians 6 that he said, I give you authority over. It's going to come by experience, not by head knowledge, not by learning from a book, not by just reciting scripture, though there's power in that. It's going to come by your experience and your testimony to declare, let me tell you what God has done for me. And things are not as they appear. But my God has changed my life and given me hope again and given me purpose to live. And so now that I know how those things start to function and work, I'm releasing His word into the atmosphere, expecting change. Expecting there to be something in the day today that is brand new and fresh and exciting and full of who he is. Full of himself. Because there is a a time where when you are following him, he brings you out into the glorious light. Why? Why? For other people to see who you are. 
You're held in darkness in a place where others don't know. They can't see. They can't understand. They can't consider. But when you're brought out into the light, everybody can see it. Everybody can apprehend and know and understand. And so, folks, you're about to be brought out into the light. You're about to be brought out from the darkness and the trials and the fiery places and the accusations and the critical spirits and the depression and the anxiety and the frustration and the feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness. You're about to come out into the light of Jesus Christ if you hold on to who He is and you don't give up and you don't run. And you don't say to yourself, this spiritual trail that I'm on doesn't work for me and run the other way. His word is true. He is a deliverer. And he loves you from the beginning to the end. Amen? Amen. Those of you who are uh, online, hope you're blessed this morning. Uh, I hope that wherever you are, you feel the presence of the Lord. And you feel his love around you like a great big warm blanket. And that the insecurities and the places of oppression and the places of of doubt and unbelief, that today you're a little higher on that mountain with the ability to overcome because the word goes before you. And it is a side guard and it is a rear guard. So God bless you. Have an awesome day. And uh, go in peace. Happy Valentine's Day.